welcome back to our 19th episode of the Launcher Farm Show. Recently, I jumped on a call with my friend Dan Wood, and we had a chance to talk to Richard Spitzer with Mission Response, and I decided to make it a special episode and share it with you today. Richard shares how Mission Response has built a long-running business by helping agents with their geographic farming mailers. So we talk about what farming is, how do you choose your farm, and how do you get your message into the right hands. In this episode, we talk about why farming is critical to your success and how you can choose the right farm. Richard shares how to position yourself as the expert in your community. We also talk about what elements you need to build a strong brand and stay relevant. And Richard shares a super easy way to mail out your newsletters to your farm without having to spend a lot of time doing it. And we talk about how to use stats to provide value to, to your audience. Plus, we share a ton of other insights and ideas that you can use to grow your farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Danny and Richard. Thank you so much for being here and being on time. My name is Danny Wood. I'm the host of this show, and I'm actually co-hosting because Ryan had reached out to me to do a podcast with him. He, Ryan Smith. Wave, Ryan. Hello. With the bottle. <laughs> Ryan Smith has a podcast <laughs> called Launch Your Farm, and he reached out to me to do a joint venture where I do my webinar and he does his podcast at the exact same time. So I thought, how cool would it be if we invited a special guest and did a three-way call? So I have Richard who just waved. He's with Mission Response and he's going to be covering all his ideas on how the farming business works for real estate agents. Ryan is going to hop on and share his ideas on how to launch your farm. And then I'm just going to uh, interrupt as we go on different ways that I would either leverage the concept or uh, digitize it. So Richard, hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, I've been with Mission Response for about 10 years and Mission Response is a market leader in providing real estate marketing newsletters. Uh, so we specialize in helping agents find a territory uh, that they want to farm and then consistently delivering high quality pieces to that farm area. So uh, that's what we live and breathe at Mission Response. And, uh, you know, we like to consider ourselves experts in farming. Uh, we've been doing it for a long time and uh, we work with realtors all over Canada, uh, many hundreds of realtors. Um, and uh, yeah, our formula is uh, tested and seems to work pretty well. So let me just take you through uh, some of the slides that I have here. So I'll just share my screen. Yeah, share your screen. I'm excited because I actually looked at a webinar that I did um, with Andrew mm -hmm. years and years ago, and it, it, it got a lot of good organic traction, like almost 10,000 impression. I forget how many views it was. Yeah, it was and up there. We, we still get phone calls from that video because it was so informative. Um, and it's much longer than, than what this is going to be. So uh, I suggest people uh, maybe take a look at that one as well. Um, but this is going to be more relevant. I think we should have a discussion more relevant to, you know, COVID and, you know, farming in, in this day and age versus I think five years ago when that video was done. So uh, well, that's something, something to keep in mind throughout you know, our discussion today. Right on. All right. So let's see here. So let's just go over the, uh, the few points I want to talk about here. Um, so why you should farm uh, is a critical question to ask. Uh, and how do I select my farm area? Uh, that's very important. Now, many people already have their farm area in mind. Um, and that usually has to do with where you live. But uh, we'll go through some of the details of selecting a farm area. And then uh, how should I position myself? So, you know, what kind of image do you want to portray in the marketplace? And what elements do you need to be a successful farming realtor? So, uh, most 
top agents out there in Canada are listing agents. And obviously most, of, most people know that, uh, you know, farming is, is the way you, you get more listings in general, unless you have a giant network and you've got a lot of people calling you on a regular basis to list their home. Um, you know, you got to get in the business somewhere. And a lot of that comes from farming. Um, <clears throat> all the top listing agents uh, generally are recognized as neighborhood specialists. Now there are some who are not, but you know, a lot of them are. So that's very important to consider here. Um, all top listing agents are major users of direct mail. And that's one of the things that happens when you get more advanced in your careers, you get a little more sophisticated, you start having a little bit more money to spend on marketing and naturally direct mail is a part of that almost every time with successful agents. Um, and the list to last uh, phrase has never been more true. So if you want to last in the real estate business, you got to have some listings under your belt on a regular basis. So you're not running around with buyers all the time. Um, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the takeaway here. So let's talk about direct mail. Um, many clients that approach us uh, are already kind of pre-sold on the idea of direct mail, um, but it's important to talk about the effectiveness of direct mail um, because a lot of people just aren't aware. There, there are a lot, there's a lot of focus on digital marketing these days, which, which is great, um, but we can't forget direct mail and how important it is uh, to the marketing mix. So, you know, 95% of uh, Canadians open their mail on the day that it arrives. Uh, you know, we've got 68% um, of Canadians open it immediately. So, you know, this is a high percentage of people who are checking their mailbox every day, opening what's in there, and the fact is a physical piece in the mail has higher recall than, uh, than digital pieces. So if you're sending an email versus sending a, a piece in an envelope, you know, something like this, this is gonna have a much higher uh, recall than, than a digital piece. Uh, and Canadians are more likely to respond to direct mail. So the, these, these numbers are coming from uh, research Put out by Canada Post a few years ago, um, which I suggest you look at. It's called neuro. It's a neuromarketing study. Um, we can link to that later. <clears throat> and let's not forget also that direct mail is a great way to target. So um, with Canada Post, we were able to target neighborhoods and condo buildings and isolate things. And that's something that's very difficult to do digitally now. And there are ways that you know, with geotargeting and things like that, there are ways that uh, people are, are are looking at that and. I'm all for it. It's just right now, uh, the only way that you can really hit every home in an area, all the homeowners there is with mail. One of our common practices was anytime we sold a home, we would do 50 homes up and 50 homes down of the address of every just sold, just sold, just sold. And mm -hmm. the direct mailman, I mean, it works. It's, it's literally, the word is in it, direct. It's right yeah, to it's, people. And it's, and it's right in our company name, Mission Response. You know, we're trying to generate a response. So that's, you know, that's what our programs are geared towards. Okay, let's go to the next slide here. How do I select my farm area? So, you know, there's three key things you got to look at anytime you're looking at a farm area. Um, and it, it helps to really get into the numbers when you're doing this. And that's the key thing here is looking at turnover. So you want to be working in a neighborhood that has uh, a good amount of transactions happening. Um, if you're, you know, if you're working in an area that has low volume, um, the average price needs to be high in order for you to, you know, make it work in terms of an ROI. But at the same time, when there's fewer transactions, you know, you might have uh, a harder time getting those transactions. So, 
you know, when you're looking at areas, you really got to balance the, the turnover rate with the average price and, uh, and look at it that way. So, you know, uh, newer developments, new condos, new townhome developments, they tend to move more. There's more churn in those, in those farm potential farms. So you know, that's where a lot of people look, but then, you know, you have to consider the other uh, demographics of the area and the competitive dynamics of the area. So, you know, when we're talking about the competitive dynamics, what other realtors are working in that area and how visible are they and what are they doing? And what are you going to do differently? And, you know, if you're going to do a newsletter program with us, is that newsletter program going to be effective versus what's already out there in the marketplace? So we have solutions for all of these things. And these are, these are all things that we, we deal with on a regular basis. It's just, uh, they need to be considered strongly when you're developing a farm. Um, I, I want to interrupt for a second. I have one client, um, who her strategy is luxury listings and she's been a luxury agent. She's known as a luxury agent. And so instead of just targeting a certain part of one city, because she's in Durham region, which is Oshawa, Whitby, Pickering, and Ajax. What she's done is she's got the postal code dialed in of every luxury pocket in all the cities, and that's her farm area. So it's not even, it's more of like a property type is her farm. Um, yeah, and it's, that's, we're kind of getting into the, you know, maybe farming 2.0, where yeah. not so much about the jurisdiction, but more of the demographic and, you know, so these things are evolving and that's the interesting thing about technology and especially with Canada Post now, you're able to target to target based on postal code um, versus just like larger letter carrier walks. So there is there is an evolution happening and it is interesting to see how certain realtors are taking advantage of that. When, when you do it by Canada Post, because we have some US clients on here as well, but when you're doing Canada Post, because you, know you may know the answer to that, um, uh, postal code has six digits. Uh, is it based on the first three? or all six, all, well, all six would be in more narrow area, right? Yeah, so the way it works is you have um, the first three letters of the postal code, like M3A, for example, that's called the forward sortation area. So that's, that's you know, a large area. <laughs> if you type in M3A on Google Maps, you'll see it outlines M3A. So that'll give you the, the general area, but then that area is broken down into letter carrier walks. Uh, or in some cases, super boxes. If you live in a, you know, in Oakville, for example, there's a lot of boxes where you have to go pick up your mail. So it's organized into those routes. And what we do is we try to find those routes that apply to your farm area. Um, and that's, that's, you know, 90% of the time that works out, but there's a lot of cases, especially with condo buildings, when you're doing, um, you know, a condo mailing, uh, you don't want to target all the buildings on that, on that route. Sometimes they Canada Post will group together several buildings on a route. So you know, you got to look at all this stuff and we have all the data and all the software that tells us everything you need to know to give our customers the best pricing for, for how to hit that one building. So, you know, I could mail all thousand units on that building, on that walk, but you know, you only want the 200 in that building. So sometimes you have to get into the details with Canada Post and figure that out, but that's right. I was just going to add about the uh, Canada Post walks. Uh, my brother-in-law is a postal walk person so it's it's not actually by the postal code it's by the postal walk and those can change depending yeah. and they change regularly so some people don't realize that that yeah, they have a that, walk and that, that changes can change way to, the way to think about it is is letter like those walks are composed of postal codes so you're you so you have an address is your lowest level and then you have postal codes made up of a series of addresses and then you have a walk that's made up of postal codes and then you have an fsa the you know m3a that's made up of walks so that's kind of your your levels uh, as you go up uh, in the chain. So 
we, we specialize in trying to find those walks that work. Uh, if they don't work, we have other solutions. We can do postal code targeting mail. We can do address mail. Um, we have third-party delivery agents, you know, anything, any curveball we can handle. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, all, that's selecting a farm for you. Um, one important thing we haven't discussed is the demographic, demographic profile of the people in the farm. So when you're selecting a farm, you really want to make sure that the people uh, you're potentially doing business with are, you know, you'll be comfortable with those people. Are, you know, do you speak their language? Are you comfortable with their culture and their age group and all of these things? Uh, so those are very important to consider uh, before selecting a farm. Perfect. Yeah, I would go for the highest turnover bread and butter market. That'd be my choice would be whatever has the highest turnover mm -hmm. and like the, the middle of the market average price. I'd be like, I'd be going all in on that. The yeah. other thing I, I was going to add into with, with Canadians, we have our, within Geo Warehouse, we have our, um, the Stats Canada puts out the demographics for each kind of area. And you can search on Geo Warehouse and then pull down by postal code. And it'll show you kind of the demographics, languages spoke, where people are coming from. So it gives you mm. a kind of an idea of who's living in there too. So yeah. if you're trying to pick it, it gives you a good um, idea. Sometimes we have clients who are deciding not to farm where they live for whatever reason. And they're trying to pick, they're trying to branch out and pick a new area. Let's say they're selecting between five different potential farm areas. Um, one of the things I suggest is go there. You know, if you're not doing business there often, spend some time there. Hang out in the coffee shops. Go to a, you know a restaurant there. Just get a vibe for the area. And like who's there, who's living there. So, you know what realtors are advertising on the bus shelters and on the billboards and all that stuff. And that'll help you. Uh, and then obviously look at all of the transactions for like the last year, two years, three years and just see who these realtors are and what percentage of market share the other realtors in the neighborhood have. Um, you want to be going up against a fragmented landscape of realtors. Uh, if there's one or two dominant agents in an area, that can be pretty significant to overcome sometimes. Uh, so, you know, finding that, that area where there's, you know, 30 realtors doing, doing the deals instead of like three or four, uh, that would be a, a very key factor uh, in selecting the primary. Mm. Um, so in terms of positioning, uh, you want to you want to advertise yourself as as a, as a neighborhood specialist, um, and you do that in a few key ways. Uh, obviously, if you live in the area, uh, that's a good thing. We recommend people always farm where they live. Uh, you know, it has an implicit kind of um, uh, demonstration that you care about <laughs> the the area. You know, if you have a house there, you're going to care more about how much it sells, how many how much other properties sell for. Um, so some of the some of the data we put on our products are uh, comprehensive market stats for the area. So we actually pull statistics from the local real estate board, and we show like the last six months of transactions uh, for each category of homes on the newsletter. Um, so you know that's really important for people to to see. They want to see that things are happening in the area, and uh, people want to know things. So. That's, that's really important. Um, and then we show the broader market uh, information as well. So we don't just publish like, we have a GTA style article that we put on the, on the newsletters, but you know, if you're in Brampton, we have a Brampton specific article and we have a Markham specific article and all these different you know, um, sub areas, we have kind of more general market information. Because uh, if you live in Brampton, I mean, maybe the GTA market information isn't particularly relevant. So. You know, when you go the extra mile and you give people a little bit more insight into their to the local area, it, it, it does help position you as a as a more of an expert. Um, 
now keeping your finger on the pulse of the community is probably the most important thing in farming. And, you know, understanding what the issues are in the community, uh, you know, what events are happening, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you, you want to talk about it in your marketing pieces. Uh, you want to make sure that people know you're aware of these things and that you do care. You don't want to have a marketing piece that goes out there saying, hello, Etobicoke resident. You know, it's, it's got to be more specific than that. Um, and you want to you want to show that uh, you're an advocate of the community, like you support the community. We have a lot of um, clients who support the local charities in their community and uh, participate in events and things like that. Local sponsorships, um, very important. It gives you good visibility. Um, <clears throat> and then another thing to consider is your image across all of your channels. So if you have you know, like a Facebook group and you've got your website and you've got various other things like your newsletter program or cards that you're sending out. You wanna make sure your branding is, is consistent across everything. Um, your messaging is consistent. You don't want one piece to look totally different than everything else. Um, and you wanna make sure that if you're, if you're doing things, you're, you're encouraging people to, you know, go from your newsletter to your website or go from your newsletter to your Facebook page or your Facebook page, hey, watch out for the newsletter. Like you wanna make sure that you're, you're getting people to remember to look for your stuff. Um, that's important. I wanna add uh, one call to action we use that worked out really, really well. Um, we obviously would include our website on our, all of our direct mail, but the one that we found that actually we could track and measure and, and got tangible results from was uh, texting. So say um, in our newsletter, we had um, like a couple of our featured listings in that area. The call to action would say for pictures, price and info, text featured to 905-903-5442. So it was literally just telling them to text me the word featured and the number I gave them was my cell number. So on my direct phone, I would just randomly be getting strangers texting me the word featured. I'm like, oh, they got the newsletter boom, message them back. And it just created a conversation. It didn't cost me anything. It wasn't like a third party subscription or some fancy software. It was me just making up a word. So I could use the word sold or featured or open house, like whatever you want. And um, yeah, that, that strategy on direct mail works really, really well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what do you need to be successful in farming? Uh, this is a question we get asked a lot, <laughs> but you need a highly targeted uh, direct mail newsletter uh, with information, something that really ticks all of those boxes that I mentioned before in your positioning. So, um, you know, how do you show people that you have all these, uh, this local data and you have all this expertise and your messaging is on point? You got to have a, a newsletter that conveys all that stuff. Um, you can do that online and, and you know there are ways to do that without direct mail but like i said before if you want to consistently uh you know get in front of the eyeballs of everybody in that neighborhood or condo building direct mail is generally your best way to do it um now other things you can do in addition to um the newsletter because a newsletter like ours is, is a once per month um publication so if you wanted to you know have more than 12 touch points per year and the recommendation is about 30 touch points per year uh, for farm areas. So you, you have to supplement with other things. So that could be just listed or just sold cards. We do a lot of that. Uh, and in fact, our, our newsletter programs, they, most of the time you're able to um, send out a, a card on a 
opposite schedule. So on week one, your newsletter goes out, week three, your card goes out, and then week one, your newsletter goes out and so on. So um, we do 24 touch points a year with the newsletter plus card. Um, but there's other ways to get touch points and that can be, you know, community newspapers or door knocking, which is not so COVID friendly right now. Um, but you know, back before COVID, uh, door knocking, especially with extra pieces of our newsletters in hand, um, that was proven to be pretty effective for our clients. It turned, especially after they've done the newsletter. So let's say they started doing farm area and then like two, three months later, they start doing the door knocking. Um, before and after it was very noticeable for a lot of clients, like the, the, the knock turned into a warm knock instead of a, who is this person knock. So when they get the newsletter uh, for a few months, it, it really starts to create awareness in the neighborhood. Um, and one thing I, I really like to encourage uh, in terms of, you know, a key performance and uh, key element of success here is your community engagement. So, um, you know, what are you doing outside of just sending newsletters and cards uh, to people in your farm area, you know, are you engaging with the community and how are you doing that? You know, you could be doing it through Facebook, you could be doing it through local events. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff is very, very important. It's a little harder to do these days, obviously. Uh, but you know, you want to have a two way relationship with the people in your farm area. Uh, and that's, that's very important to try to think of ways to engage people. Uh, contests are good. Um, giveaways are good. Um, like the, the pumpkin giveaways for, for October are always a good idea. Um, I think you spoke about that on the last, uh, the last video you did with uh, Andrew, but, um, yeah, try to think about how you're going to have these conversations or start conversations with, uh, with the people in your community. Door knocking was definitely my favorite. I wish COVID didn't exist <laughs> because getting face to face is one of the keys to me for anyway, me anyways, personally being like with people face-to-face -face is like my favorite way of approaching all forms of business. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that thing. So because of the lack of uh, being able to do the door knocking, um, what about the, like the direct mail pieces? There's a question here about um, the condos and the, a large group of the owners just like um, ditching all the ad mail that comes in. How do you like crack yeah, through that well, nut? Well, condos, I mean, you have a, a a few issues with condos. Number one, uh, a large some buildings have a large percentage of rental uh, units, so the owners don't actually live there. Uh, it's the tenants who receive the mail, so you may see some buildings with a high percentage of rentals, uh, and a lot of people junk feed. Uh, you know, they get their mail and they go, "Well, none of this is for me," and they they toss it. Right. So that does happen. So it's important when you're selecting your farm uh, to really look at at those at those uh, those numbers of renters. And, you know, there are various ways to get those things that realtors can generally figure that out better than we can. But um, what we do for, at least for people in Toronto proper, is we uh, we get the, the, the names and addresses of the actual owners and we amend we amend the database that we're, we're using to mail. So uh, we'll have all of the people who live there and then we'll have another section of people who uh, own units in the building but don't live there and we mail those people the newsletter newsletter as well so oh so wow yeah so they're living out in bc or whatever and they own a unit in toronto uh, and they're getting a newsletter so um and that's something I, ju I just missed the part of how you get that list how do you build that secondary list you get it you can it's, it's a very laborious process <laughs> but we get wow. it um through uh city hall records um and uh 
yeah, so that, that's how we do it in Toronto. Um, other realtors have, you know, done it on their own in their own jurisdiction, wherever they are. Uh, but, that, but that's what we do for like downtown condos. And There's huge value in what you just said. I didn't even know you guys did that for your clients. Yeah, that's relatively new. We've only been doing it a couple of years. So yeah, um, yeah I encourage people to look into that because some of these buildings are just like unfarmable because they're, you know, they're like 80% vintage, right? So if you really want to target the owners, you have to do a little uh -huh. bit. So we, we charge a pretty nominal fee for that. Um, it's very accessible. Crazy. All right. Um, and then I was just going to get into a little bit more of uh, our product specifically, but um, you know, maybe we should take some questions if you have any more. We've been asking as they come. There's, um, I don't think we missed any. Keep going. I'll, I'll. Uh... Sure. So I mean, our our program, Realty Sweep, was designed to to kind of cover all those things I talked about. So, um, you know, it, it provides the local market statistics uh, for your specific farm area. So, you know, we do a map on the newsletter um, and that map uh, has stats on it. So let me just show you an example here. So you can see here that uh, there's a map on the newsletter and we show statistics, transactions for that exact area. And so that's what we call the local market watch. But then we have the broader market data as well right beside. So like I said before, we're showing the local market, we're showing the broader market, um, and then we have opportunities to customize the newsletter. So you can, you can use the, the message section at the bottom, talk about uh, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood, and local events, create that engagement. Um, I have a thought. Um, can you make a simplified version of this? And I'm thinking more for like a Instagram post uh, Facebook posts that every month when you provide this newsletter for the clients, maybe I'm just giving you an idea for a future product, but if yeah. you could make a simplified version where it had like that map up at the top with a blurred out background and then, um, like less data, um, and more of the, the main points type yeah, of thing. That's something I've been really, uh, trying to get done, uh, <laughs> to have some automatically generated like social media content that's based on your newsletter. So that's something. Let's, that's let's chat after I've got ideas for you and it actually would be um, a, an additional, I got some big ideas for you on that. Cool, looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's our farming um, talk 101. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this comes up, um, a lot of this comes up in the, in the process when, when people are, you know, interacting with us, looking for a, looking for a farm area, deciding what to do with their marketing mix. And, you know, we, we go through these points. So, you know, if anyone has any questions, I suggest you give us a call and you know, talk to me or uh, one of our salespeople. And, um, one question is what about small, uh, smaller rural areas? Cause you've been talking about Toronto and other major centers, but what about out in, I don't know if uh, Kim is thinking maybe like Bowmanville is rural, but like- Yeah, we actually have clients in Bowmanville. Yeah, that's- uh, yeah, so we, we do Coburg, Bowmanville, Kawarthas, um, Kawartha Lake, the Lakes area. We have clients up there. Um, yeah, anywhere Canada Post goes, we go basically. So I mean that means pretty much all of Canada. Uh, it it really boils down to if it makes sense for the realtor to farm that area. Like, are you know, is there enough moving? <laughs> is the is the is the competitive landscape favorable to to getting in there or, you know and, and it's, it, is it a new area for the agent or is it an existing area that they're already working you know these are all things we need to consider but as far as uh where we can market to i mean anywhere in canada 
David, David asks a really good question. What would be as a new, he wants to start in a brand new area. What would be the first three things that he should do? In it, first so three things to start with. I would ask first, like, do you live in the area? <laughs> um, what else are you doing in the area uh, to market yourself? Um, so, but if you're looking at, uh, you know, farming specifically, like those things I talked about before, turnover, competitive dynamics of the area, and the demographic profile. So you got to look at those three things for sure. Right. Just going to add something about the uh, urban or the rural area. So I just interviewed Jackie Pennington on my show and that episode hasn't come out yet, but uh, one of the things she did, she moved from Coburg, Port Hope area and then moved into rural and she actually, her business skyrocketed because no one else was doing the rural. So a lot of people are, she said, there's so many agents trying to focus on that in town yeah. pocket and that rural just skyrocketed and it really helped. It also, uh, I hate to say it, but there's a little bit of a, um, you know, agents in bigger cities sometimes can be a little more sophisticated than agents in smaller towns and in terms of their marketing and their image and things like that. And we see that yeah. a lot. So, you know, when you get a big city agent going out to the country and taking their, you know, all their methods and know-how out there, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, not always that difficult to make an impact. Um, so question on pricing, and I know that's a dicey subject because everybody ha has different um, numbers that they'd be sending out, that sort of thing. What yeah. What's like a general idea of like, hey, agent, uh, like for me, when I'm doing digital marketing, I'll say to agents, what's your budget? And then they say, I don't know, I don't have one. And then, and then I'll be like, okay, well, tell me a comfortable number. Is it like 300 a month, 600 a month, 200, 2000 a month? And they'll be like, well, whatever produces results, I'll pay. I'm like, Okay, yeah. but you're still not helping me here to answer you. And generally, my general answer is for people is like digital ads as a real estate agent, you probably are going to be in the range of like 200 to 600, depending. That's a really common spread. So what's a common spread for a person that's thinking of doing geographic farming with a, a direct mail approach? What is like kind of like the range? And it could be lower, it could be higher, but what's the... A lot of the time, a lot of the time, you don't really have a choice in terms of how many units you're sending, uh, just because, you know, a building is a certain size. So if you want to target that building, uh, you have to send that many units. Um, if you want to, if you want to target a neighborhood, you know, you're, you're, you're going by what the letter carrier walks from Canada Post are. So, you know, if, if the letter carrier walk is 500 homes, then you got to send 500 pieces to those homes. Otherwise, you know, bad things happen. Like you may be skipping some homes or something like that. So, um, so we have to look at the area that you're interested in, and then we need to, you know, really figure out, okay, how many houses can we do for your budget? So, you know, you tell me a budget, and I'll, I'll get as close as I can to it with, uh, with the letter carrier walks or the type of mail we use, um, and whatever requirements you have, right? So it just depends. So for the people that are just kind of scratching ideas on a piece of paper, yeah. um, what would be like the lowest barrier entry? If somebody said, well, my budget's 500 or 300, yeah. you'd be like, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can do, you can do like a single walk of a neighborhood. Um, some of them are, are relatively small. Like you could have two or 300 home walk. Um, and for a, an unaddressed piece uh, that we do, uh, where it's not in an envelope, it just goes you know, loose. They, they run about 50 cents a piece. Um, so, you know, you can, you can start a farm radio for a couple hundred bucks a month. And we have many, many clients who do that. 
uh, especially in some of the smaller condo buildings too. You know, there's some buildings that are like 50 units or 100 units um, or even less, and we have programs for that. Um, so we have clients that are spending like, you know, 100 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month. Um, now that said, the turnover is going to be low in those areas. So you know, you may be spending 100 bucks a month in, on this newsletter, but you got to factor that into your ROI because you may not get a deal for a while because so, there's only so many deals in the building. So those are things you need to consider. Um, so, you know, you, you may, but I always recommend people start small. You know, as a salesperson, I want to sell them as much as I can, but I want people to be successful because that's how we do well. So, you know, I, I always recommend people start small. It's something that they can work effectively. Because um, if you, if you, come to me and you want to start farming 5,000 homes, which is what a lot of people have in their heads. They're like, well, I want to do this neighborhood as 5,000 homes. That seems reasonable. Like, are you going to door knock 5,000 homes every three months? Like, that's a lot of work. But door knocking 200 homes or 500 homes and forming a relationship with those people because you're seeing them more often. And, you know, your newsletter is more targeted to those people and that kind of thing. It's more effective. So um, we make it easy to segment, you know, your farm areas and manage them. Uh, that's kind of the whole point of what we do. So, um, yeah. I knew that I knew the pricing thing was going to open a can of worms because everybody's so so. Yeah, and it depends on what kind of mailing you're doing. Like, if you're doing unaddressed mailing, you know, the tread rate for postage is like ten and a half cents per piece uh, for unaddressed. Versus, you know, if you're sending a piece in an envelope, you got to pay for the envelope. You got to pay for for personalized mail postage or address mail postage, which is you know fifty cents. So, like you're your, your costs can, can vary wildly depending on how you're sending this thing. So we always look at that and, you know, we give you all the options and we, we try to recommend you know, what we think is the most cost-effective way of doing things. I Mark, got a did... question for you. Sorry. Oh, go. If someone wanted to deliver it themselves, do you give them the option where they can pick it up and deliver it themselves? Because I, when in our farm, we, we, we hired kids and we had them dropping it off rather than doing Canada Post. Yeah, we do that. Um, we generally only do that when, Sometimes Canada Post, like the walks aren't really great. Like they don't line up with the neighborhood and you might get a whole bunch of streets that you don't want to mail. And in that case, we might split that walk and deliver. Uh, we might, so we might do like a large portion of it through Canada Post and then we'll ship, you know, the extra pieces to a third party delivery agent or the client themselves just to hand deliver. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, generally speaking, like 99% of the time, if you want this newsletter to go out every month, um, you know, you need a, you need Canada Post or like a reliable third-party delivery. It depends. It's always, it's always different. Um, every every agent has their own kind of little situation that they deal with. So. While while we're talking ideas, can you throw a couple of those examples back up? Because it's nice for people to visualize and get and get inspiration from what others are doing and what's working. Yeah, this is just a sample piece uh, in our brochure, um, but it illustrates kind of everything I was talking about. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that it's professional and it looks good. So, you know, we have designers on staff that make these newsletters every month. Um, they're, they're made with care. And a lot of people are doing custom things and including this or, you know, changing that and whatever. So everything is, you know, done by a, a real person and it's not database driven or anything like that. So, because um, yeah, we get a lot of requests, you know, it's like, oh, can you include a little image in with my message? Or can you, you know, do a different photo on the back page? Or, change the use of this, this article to a previous one, that kind of thing. Um, so it, it does happen quite a bit. Where, 
we're taking a couple of our clients and doing um, that idea exactly of taking their newsletter, but then doing a simplified version of it. My challenge is that I have to like recreate the wheel and have somebody design that for them every month. So yeah. if your assist system can somehow automate like a square post that is super simplified and um, social like worthy, then um, I've got some agents where we're doing the digital um, version of that, where they still do the direct mail, but we're supplementing the online and and the ad that the people are seeing all month through Google ads and YouTube videos while they're watching. If they're in that farm area, they're seeing the uh, agent's local stats. It's like 50 bucks. That's great. That's really really gonna help the recall. Like when they get that newsletter in the mail, they're gonna be like, oh, I know this. And they're gonna look at it for, you know, an extra few minutes or whatever it is, or it stays on the counter longer or, you know, and that's the, that's the power of direct mail. It has that, that sticking power. It stays on the counter. It gets passed to the other person in the house or whatever it is. Um, and but, if anybody liked that idea, it's not like I'm trying to sell my service. If you just want to do it yourself, we're, we're doing it through um, Google ads and there's a banner network. And so we upload the image there and then we just target based on the postal code or zip code if they're in the U S and um, over a certain age, and we don't, uh, we have negative values. There's about 4,000 negative terms. Cause if the webpage has like sex, drugs, death, war, fire, murder, like all these bad words, um, then if that word is on the page, we don't want your ad to be triggered. Um, so that's the, basically the only rule set. And uh, yeah, it's 50 bucks a month and people are getting 60, 90,000 impressions a month. That's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, something to think about for sure. Uh, I've got, my uh, different formats here on the screen. So, um, you know, like I said before, we have an answer for any problem that you might encounter along the way <laughs> when developing a farm or trying to decide how to mill. So we have different sizes and we have different versions uh, to accommodate different situations. Like in the bottom right there, the condo cluster, uh, that's a program we did in Liberty Village because like I said before, sometimes Canada Post sticks a whole bunch of buildings together on the same letter carrier walk so like it's hard to target just one building. Um, and in this case, the buildings are kind of related. Like if you're, mm. if you're in building A, you may be interested in what's going on in building B um, next door. So that kind of helps to create uh, more of a community feel um, to the newsletter instead of just individual building and newsletter for that building. And you know, so we, we try to cover some more bases with the condo cluster. It, it is more cost, it's it's a lot more cost effective than doing like like a, an address piece, like a, in an envelope. So um, yeah, like I said, whenever we do a quote or anything like that, we give you all the options. And, you know, sometimes it's very obvious what the choice is just based on cost. Tell me if I'm wrong, because I recall from the past, you guys automatically generate all of the content at the press of a button, but there's also a space where the agents can customize a message if they wanted to include their own unique call to action or their own like event, like client appreciation or seminar or something like that. And then um, the other thing I was going to go to is, do do you guys still make a landing page or web micro website based on it? Yep. So um, there's the companion microsite that comes with the newsletter. Because uh, on the newsletter, we can only show like the stats that we show for the area, uh, the, the local market watch. We only show about six months of transactions, like the previous six months. So on the micro site, we show year over year of the same categories. So uh, if I'm looking at like detached one bedroom homes on the newsletter, and there's like three sales this year in the last six months, I can look uh, on the micro site and see the same period, but last year and get the year over year. So I can see 
uh, a little bit more detail. And then you have a video on the microsite that you can, you can customize and you can also write a message there. Some, some of our clients use it to host or at least to promote um, virtual tours and things like that. So there is some flexibility there. Um, and that just comes with the newsletter. There's no additional charge for that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so we do have microsites. That's cool. Question, can those microsites be embedded on a, a realtor's main website? And it's okay uh, yeah. if not, I doubt it, but if yeah, so, I was just curious. It, what you do with it is up to you. Um, we like to encourage people to put it on their website. If like they have a, a section, like some realtors have like their website and then all the neighborhoods they focus on. Uh, I've seen that quite a bit. So, you know, in that section for each neighborhood, you could have either the microsite linked or embedded or a screenshot, something like that. Um, or in your email signature or, you know, depending on who you're doing with. So there's all kinds of ways you can use it, but uh, generally the purpose of it is to show, you know, to, to give the reader of the newsletter, number one, a reason to go from newsletter to online, hopefully bridge that gap and go to your website and interact with you further. Um, so that's super important. That was the whole, you know, idea behind the microsites was, okay, how do we get people to, to do something online with this? Because, you know, print is great and it has staying power, but really the goal is, to interact more with our, our clients, right? So uh, that's the that's the point of the microsites, and uh, they've, been, they've been doing a pretty good job at that. Can you uh, um, type out your contact info, and while you do, say it out loud just for the recording, because uh, Ryan's version might be audio only if they're listening to the podcast. So, how does a person get a hold of you if they want to talk more strategically and find out sure. exact numbers? Sure. Uh, you can just go to our website, missionresponse.com, and use the contact page. That'll go right to me. Or you can just send me an email, which Richard at missionresponse.com. It's the best way to get in touch. Perfect. I, um, Ryan, we got some ideas that I know we can blow up at the bottom here where it says customized message from agent. Imagine mm -hmm. a real estate agent was growing, um, of a Facebook farm area, like a Facebook group. And sure. in the bottom of your newsletter, you just always talked about like whatever was happening in that local area and always driving people to the Facebook group. Cause mm -hmm. I know the agents that have Facebook groups in their farm area are killing it. So much money is being made by these agents at such a low cost. It's like one of the best, I mean, the, the, uh, repeat and referral business is obviously what most people love, but, yep. uh, um, second to that, I would say is a Facebook group. If you can get one that's rocking and rolling, um, it's such a gravy train and it's such an easy way of doing business. I but just thought a class yesterday about that or did a session yesterday for real estate access. It was about using Facebook pages or Facebook groups. And then that's one of the things I talked about is using a newsletter to supplement it and get it in there and get people engaged through your newsletter to let them know, take them offline onto your online section. So that's a great idea. That could be a segue that we could talk about right now. Uh, Richard, was there any more that you wanted to show on this slide? No, I'm good. Uh, that was pretty much the end of my deck. So. Oh, good timing. Okay, cool. So uh, I guess um, take the screen share off. That way, um, anybody who wants to be on camera can. Um, and Ryan, but that what would be the Coles note or like the the game plan that you laid out yesterday? For the Facebook, oh, it was an hour long, hour and a bit. Uh, basically, it's get in, get it. I explained why Facebook pages are a great way to do it. Basically, they're coming from adding value and, and providing as much value to the community as possible. I kind of laid out different styles of Facebook groups that you can do. So it's it's hard to 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 sum it up totally in a, in okay. a short amount of time. I'll try and I'll try and summarize it uh, for people. <laughs> the um, the Facebook group, it, there's a page in the group, and the group oh, is, is oh, a what? community okay. of people. 
And what I'm going to summarize is how agents can leverage it. So the first thing is this girl, I'll just use a case study. So I have a girl who um, did a Facebook group and it started with just her and a couple of the moms at the school. And it, and it was basically like parents for school. It was a parents for school group. And it was just like their group about the school and upcoming events and upcoming news and yada, yada, yada. And then after that, she started adding some of the, the parents, the moms as admins to the group. So then it started like, hey, add as many people, you know, in this area, in this south part of the city or the north part of the, whatever the city the agent's in. And then from there, they started talking about like the in, during COVID, the local businesses that are doing curbside pickup and food delivery. So then it was all about community and even more people got added. Well, this group I'm talking about in particular, um, there are over 15,000 members of just this one farm area. And the agent that is like kicking ass with it, she's getting, I don't want to say numbers, but like most agents what is average six homes a year she's like making the income of like five agents just from this facebook group and it's totally free like she gets paid from it she's not paying for it they do really cool initiatives where um they do like an adopt a senior where um they go to the the old age homes and they they what is it when um you're getting married or having a baby and uh, people can go to the store and there's like a registry. I forget what it's called. It's a, it's a registry. <laughs> oh, I do know what bridal. it's called. Okay. Yeah. Bridal registry. registry right. Yeah. So they got oh. this registry for seniors and the seniors, cause they're, they're like, some of them have like no income, right. Or low income. And um, so anything they want, that's under $30. So they build a wish list. So like Bill wants earbuds and Joanne wants a, a book and Sally wants a cooking something. And so they've all got this like wish list of what they want. And then the local students and kids of the community were buying and then delivering that to, to the old age home um, that Christmas. And the number of people that got um, sponsored or uh, like adopted, like adopt a senior, uh, the numbers went from like a couple hundred people to a lot like it was incredible of how many people were making an impact and so definitely um it, grassroots or organic growth so start with logically who do you know that's in that farm area write them down connect with them add them to the group and slowly start adding value i would focus on whatever's happening locally in the community is there an upcoming parade or is there like big news about COVID? Like I would just, whatever is, whatever is the, the pop culture, whatever is happening in the moment, I would just be feeding into that. Um, and then I always double down. So when a person uh, gets added to a group, even though a lot of the messages will get like sent to spam or whatever, um, I'll do a private message. Well, firstly, I'll publicly message them and say, hey, I'm adding you, check your messages. And then I'll send them a message privately and say, hey, who do you know that would get value from this group? Can you add them? And I, I just encourage people to take that action. And it's like asking, for, do you want fries with that? Like, it's just asking for the referral. And the size of the group just keeps spiraling up and up and up and up. And um, if you can do like the direct mail that uh, uh, Richard was talking about, but use on your direct mail, have a link to your, your Facebook group. There's a way to do that. I was talking to um, Andrew um, and oh, Andrew Foliato. And um, so take your business page and do a post about it, like just a, a, a no normal regular post. And then what we do is we take that URL and go to GoDaddy and do a URL redirect. 
that takes people to that. So that way we can put that in our direct mail because nobody's going to write out facebook.com slash group slash one, two, three, and like this long code. So we take the long URL, shorten it to whatever your farm area group is called. And uh, when people type that, it doesn't take them to the group. It takes them to the Facebook page with the link to the group. That's my idea. I just wanted to share that. It's a great one. Makes sense. And I was thinking uh, it would be, you know, if, if what if you're a realtor and you see that there's already a popular Facebook group for the neighborhood, like that, I, I, I'm of the opinion that you should probably just do it anyways and make your own and, and see how many users you can get and <laughs> try it out. Do it. I, I would do it based on your niche, whatever your, I mean, she, she did the approach of um, parents in the school. I couldn't do that. I'd look like a big creep. I don't have kids. People <laughs> like, who is this guy? So we all have our own like angles at how definitely maybe you want to focus it on finding lost animals. I don't know, whatever it could be like lost animals for that community. That's, that's a, that's a good Facebook group that if it doesn't exist, it'd be a, a, a cool one to start. I mean, yeah. I'd like to help people find their lost animals <laughs> and it's just like a small little pocket. But with the one guy in my, I, I live in an old part of town by a hospital and um, it, <clears throat> this guy that the real estate agent that owns that farm, like he owns it. And all he does is every Canada day, he delivers little miniature Canadian flags with his um, card and he sticks it on everybody's lawn. Nobody seems to care. You'd think like people would get all like angry because he's like littering or whatever. But I mean, the guy's been doing it for years. Everybody loves him. He actually goes door to door and just talks, but he's never pushy about like, hey, I want to sell your home. I want to help you buy. He's just like their friend in the business and just like, he walks his dog every day in the neighborhood. He obviously lives in the neighborhood and um, he crushes it. Like his whole 80% of his business is just from this one little pocket of town. And I mean, the guy's got what most people would want. And that's an easy business that he doesn't have to drive miles away from. And he knows the market inside and out. Like he knows the issue of like, for the fact that just behind my house is an underground river that you can't see. Well, nobody tells you that until you move in on the street and people are like, oh yeah, you're, you're like living on a river and you're going to get flooded every other year. And like, nobody tells you that except for this guy, he would know all that. So he's got the inside advantage and his business style is just like walking up and down the street with his dog every day, every, every Canada day, he delivers those flags. And, um, he does, uh, he, do I think he does mission response too. Um, he does yeah. the direct mail, the, the once a month newsletter so and that's. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, it's interesting when you when you tell a little story like that, um, that's some of the effective messaging we see that goes into some of our newsletters. You know, we have one client um, in the High Park area and his, you know, he does a bit of a market outlook and is in that little message box. But a lot of the time he's talking about just recent, you know, recent deals where he like warned someone of something or, you know, he's demonstrating his value uh, on a regular basis. And that's super important, especially when it's locally relevant. It's about the houses in the neighborhood. That's, well, I totally got distracted because somebody, I, you were talking and I was reading and this just blew me away. Um, Jeff is killing it with Facebook, a Facebook group in New Westminster called Eat New West. And in one, he, one year he has 5,000 members and uh, 12 repeat client sales and 14 sales from complete strangers who joined the group. So called Eat New West. I guess it's just a Facebook group on um, restaurants and food establishments in his farm area. Yeah, Danny, I can add to that because that's my, I posted that. Um, he, Jeff is a member of the Richard Robbins organization and uh, uh, 
I've joined his group um, and it might not be a bad idea for all of you to do the same. Uh, he works hard with this, um, but he's doing lots of video interviews with eateries in New Westminster and uh, boy, it's, it's just paid off really, really well for him. So uh, there's a perfect example if anybody here is thinking of doing something through Facebook. Uh, that is not real estate salesy, so to speak. It's more about community support, but the dividend payoff is huge. Yeah. One, one, it gives you video content that you can rinse and reuse in multiple con fashions, like for your social media, boom, for your blog, boom, and for your Facebook group. So you got three things from one video interview, plus you're getting a relationship with a real person that lives, works, and plays in that area. So you're adding to your database. And um, you could even do the theme of just interviewing people on like, how is COVID affecting you and how are you serving people? Are people doing curbside pickup? Are you doing direct delivery? Are you doing um, skip the dishes? Like how, how can people order through you? Mm -hmm. And they can explain the new way of business. And um, yeah, that's an awesome touch. I think, I think one of the important points there is that um, developing something like that doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen without a great amount of effort and work. Um, and it also doesn't happen without good suppliers. So, you know, if you're going to be putting videos on the internet and you're going to be doing all these things, um, you have to work with good people and people that know what they're doing. Like you really want to make sure, especially with video stuff, like you want to make sure that you've got um, people that are turning things around quickly and the quality is up there and it's, it's made for Facebook or wherever the platform is. Um, so, you know, going through those, those, those steps of establishing like what needs to be done, uh, all the different people you're going to need to involve to have a Facebook page like that. Um, it's important. Like you need a designer, probably you need a, you know, so, a social media promoter or whatever it is, unless you want to learn all those things yourself. So it's all important things to consider. Ryan, I want to put you on the spot before we go, because you've done a ton of podcasts with people of uh, different styles on how they're dominating their farm area. And because it's an I people love idea fest. What, what are the ideas that got you excited? You're like, oh, that's a good. And you like stop listening to the podcast. You wrote it down because you're like, I got to I got to write this down. What, what were the ones that really stood out to you that are like, oh, man, if there was just like three sizzle factors that people are doing that other people aren't, what would they be? Specifically with farming or specifically with Facebook groups and farming? Whatever you think is the best, but farming. I think the biggest thing is, give me a second to think about it because I've done 16 episodes so far. Yeah, um, cool. I will. So um, there's a, I'll, I'll answer a question while you're doing your thinking. David asks, uh, a neighbor that he moved to has a Facebook group that already is established. Um, and how does he tastefully promote himself without overdoing it? I would say by not promoting yourself at all and just um, being interactive with the people um, is probably the most tasteful way of doing it. Because as soon as you throw like your your Tuesday listing up or whatever, um, ah, it, it probably isn't the greatest. So if also, anything- You'll probably get banned from the group. If the, if the other group owner is a realtor, they might- uh... It might get you know knock you out of the group so you gotta yeah be just be a fly on the wall and watch how the org group or um how they operate how, how who, who's like the admins yeah. and um the backstory there so i wouldn't do any self-promotion at all i would just be more interactive and social at the beginning actually so, always i got my answers now so one of the <laughs> ones that uh i interviewed jessica Starr, and one of the things that she does is for her past clients and, and her groups that are have referred her they have a what's it called the train the uh, the 
Polar Express train that comes through. And okay. she, they have this whole big Christmas event. And she basically p- buys a train uh, spot. You buy tickets to sit on it. And she bought the whole entire thing for her group. And so she bought, bought, bought like a car worth of seats and then basically gave the tickets to everyone. She had a whole thing she put together. She got... Um, uh, what's it called like pajama Christmas pajamas for all the kids. And she made this giant event and she said it cost her a substantial amount of money, but she said she keeps getting money back time and time again from that event. And people now want to get on that list to be, to be part of that event. Another one is uh, uh, what's his name? Well, the biggest one I think is, is um, no, my, my brain is fried. I'm on the spot. <laughs> while while the event part so that whole train thing i would connect with my real estate photographer and be like hey guess what i got all these people coming to this train thing i want you to come and take photos of everybody and what what happens with that is you get everybody's contact information because you have to follow up with the photos um it gets your your photographer a, a closer relationship with you so that in the future when it does come down to them taking a photo between your your listing and somebody else's listing I mean, they've got a closer relationship with you. Um, it, just any event that I do, I, I'm, I have one coming up and it's hilarious. I'm going to contact the Surrey Real Estate Board. So Robbie's on this call. Robbie, your photo is outdated. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> most real estate agents, their photo is outdated. So I'm going to do an event at the local real estate board where um, a photographer is going to be there and we update everybody's photos, their headshot. And so I'm going to contact a real estate photographer that can also do portraits. And um, it's going to be a little event for me just to connect with realtors in this area. So it's not going to be a big cost. But I love the idea of any event you do, always have either your real estate photographer or some sort of photographer there taking candid photos of you in the group. Because if you're always taking selfies, that's different. But if you have a photographer that's actually taking photos of you, you can't hug people. I don't, COVID, there's no hugging guys. But before (laughs) we used to be able to like do all that stuff and it was nice to have a photographer taking candid shots of you like laughing with people and looking away yeah we see a lot of those those types of photos and stuff end up in in our newsletters so you know we have spaces that can be customized and that's one of the things we see a lot of so you know <laughs> do it do it often if you can one of the things that that i was impressed with was matt centigapti he's like my second or third guest that i had on and for those who don't know him he's in london and he's been cataloging digitally the whole city of London. And so he's created blog posts and reviews and content around the whole city. And then we talked about basically having your database so tagged and so segmented that you can send curated content to your audience instead of just sending one message. So if it's Father's Day and you know these people are fathers, you can send them a content about Father's Day or if they're pet owners, you can then send something about a new pet store that's just opening up and and really getting into your database and taking the time to segment it will provide a ton of value because then you can really curate what message is being sent to them. So I think that was impressive. And the other one was actually was Jessica Stars as well. So she did another event where she had a, uh, what play was it? Oh, The Lion King when it came out. Re- 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 back out in theaters yeah. okay. and um i guess the guy that voiced pumba from from the lion king originally yeah was from her town so she actually ended up getting him to be there she she reached out to him connected with him and had him there and then he ended up actually doing a deal with her so he had no intention of really doing it he, he just knew her but so it's, i would say pulling pulling 
not strings, pulling the connections you've got from the community. And that's where if you go back and give back to the community, they're in return going to support you. And if you don't take it from just a real estate perspective, the more you connect with people, the more you build those relationships, the more you can use those relationships within the community to, to help further grow the communities. One of the things, uh, yeah, along those lines, one of the things we do with our clients is uh, promotions. So we use the newsletter to uh, do a free giveaway or something like that, where we have a small, uh, a small giveaway, like a, like a Starbucks gift card or Tim Hortons gift card or whatever it is uh, for yeah. anyone who signs up or gives us, gives the agent their contact information. And then we have a grand prize uh, at the end of the month or something like that. And uh, I think for the small giveaways and the grand prize, it's usually best to try to get a local retailer, um, something that, you know, I, I discourage Starbucks and Tim Hortons because, you know, they're kind of national corporations, but it's better to go with like the local butcher shop or something that has some character. Um, and when you, when you kind of partner with those, those local, local businesses, um, it really adds credibility to your image and your newsletter and everything else you're doing. So, you know, and if they like that butcher shop and you're associated with that butcher, you know, good things can happen. So you never know. Uh, it's always good to try these things. And I encourage my clients to just go out there and try to talk to as many retail, um, shops now nowadays that's not really happening but uh well it could i i you could actually um you could even do more of it because you could do zoom versions where i contact the local establishment like the local butcher shop i i would call up the owner leave a message get them to call me back and say hey i want to do a zoom call with you where we talk about your business and how it's affected and and how you're operating now but i could do like three or four zoom calls in a day whereas if i was to go on shoot with camera and all this stuff i mean you you'd get one done a day maybe um, so you could actually do more of it, uh, with this whole lockdown thing for sure. Ryan, you gave me a good idea or reminded me of one. And that is, um, you can contact your local library, all of us just pick up the phone, call your library and ask them, like, do we have, does the city have archived photos of like Oshawa in the sixties and forties and yeah. whatever. And, um, if they don't, which they probably do, but if they don't, they'll point you in the right direction and, um, somehow get a hold of all those old photos and how cool it'd be to like get a before and after of your farm area or so a before after of your like a street so say like i'll use young street as an example so get the before photo of while it was being built up and then go try and find where that photo was taken and use your phone to take a new one and lay it on top so it shows like the transition that, that would be so cool i have a couple of clients in leslieville that uh they do that where they something like that where they have their, the main photo on their newsletter is a photo from like you know, the 1800s or something, and they have them photoshopped in there. <laughs> so, you know, it's, they, they've changed it since, but it's just, you know, a way of showing that uh, you've done a little bit of work on the, the piece and making it look uh, as customized as possible. Cool. Okay. Ryan, thank you so much for connecting with me and inviting me to be a part of your podcast and like sharing the message of how people can grow. Cause there's multiple ways. That's what I love about real estate is there's so many different ways we can operate as a business yeah. owner of, do you want to do it referral based or internet based or prospecting based? And, um, Richard, I mean, mm -hmm. the last time I saw you, uh, I don't want to swear. I almost did, but it was like <laughs> so long ago, like seven oh, years, years ago. Yeah. Something like that. You haven't aged at all. So that's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <Likewise>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, Richard, uh, anybody who loves the idea of direct mail and wants to talk about like the actual like pricing and, and sure. implement something like that, you guys contact Richard. It's um, missionresponse.com. And the contact page is run by Richard. So you, you don't need his 
just go to missionresponse.com, fill in the contact form, and you can even tell them you heard about it on this webinar podcast. <laughs> and then um, for all of you that um, are doing a lot of driving or uh, self-improvement, then I highly suggest podcasts. So there's a, this really good podcast is called Launch Your Farm. It's and, actually not uh, a podcast. It's a video series. Sorry. Yeah. Video so, series. So then it's not on, I, um, like the podcast. No, I, is I haven't done that only. one. I haven't done that with this last, my, the niche agent was a podcast strictly. This is, this is a video series. So, but you can still video. listen to it, <laughs> but it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, launch your farm. And then eventually I would definitely suggest Ryan, you do strip the audio and throw it up so people can just like drive and learn. And then, um, Oh, for anybody that is already doing direct mail farming if you want to talk to me about digitizing it so i'm not trying to take away from what you're already doing i just want to add to it if you are already doing direct mail and you want me to help you with the digital ads side of it um, with a couple of the ideas that i shared with you i have my cell number here it's 905-903-5442 just send me a text message i'll follow up and we'll chat to see what works what fits and whatnot so Everybody, I want to say thank you. Everybody for who's on screen, uh, we'll wave goodbye. I'm going to hang out and uh, just answer any questions or just chat as people are leaving. But for the rest of you, we'll have this recorded, put up on Monday, and then I'll have a next date, time, and topic, and we'll keep you posted on Monday of what that is. Great. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming.